Hello and welcome to A Week in Politics and we're back with an election special. Next week, Thursday the 6th of May, uh, the UK will go to the polls for the Scottish Hollywood elections, the Welsh Senate elections, the Hartlepool by-election and of course the English local council elections. I'm joined here by Ed Odysseus and Albert as usual and we're going to be breaking down these four elections for you this week. So we're going to start off by going straight into the, I would say the main one is the Scottish Hollywood elections. Uh, the SNP are pushing for a super independence majority. I'll come to Albert first. What are your initial impressions, Albert, of the Scottish independence claim and your overall thoughts on this Holyrood election? Well, I, I think that from, from everything I've heard, the SNP have got, are in a, still in a pretty strong position. I think despite the stuff sort of between Nicola Sturgeon and Alex Salmond, I think that that sort of came out well for Nicola Sturgeon. And I think she's perceived to have done like reasonably well on COVID or at least better than Boris Johnson, I would say. So I think the SNP just might not have the same like major majority that they've had before, but I think they'll come out on top still. Yeah, okay, I'll go to Odysseus. Yeah, I've got a, just got a point on that, on you saying Sturgeon came out well in the salmon thing, but Odysseus, what do you what do you think? Yeah, I think it should be another comfortable win for the SNP. Um, I think that, you know, we've seen sort of in quite a lot of different places that um, the governing party generally seems to do quite well during a crisis anyway. And especially in Scotland, where Sturgeon has probably done like a bit better generally uh, than in the UK. Like I think their COVID numbers were lower. They were on course for COVID zero ages ago. Um, so, yeah, I think that it probably makes sense. I, d I don't think that I think he definitely is quite easy to overestimate the um, the electoral impact of, a, of like a very political scandal. Like, I'm not sure how, like we've seen with Boris and, you know, all the dodgy things that he's done. Like, I think that doesn't actually count for as much as things that people feel genuinely affect their lives. So I don't expect anything other than a big SNP win. Mm -hmm. Ed, what do you think? Um, I think I'm on the same page as both of these boys. Uh, looks like they're going to win. Again, I think it does have something to do with the fact that we've been through a bit of a crisis and it always helps that... Um, it always helps the um, people in charge already <laughs> when you're going through a crisis. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, I think Albert, she, I think she came out looking shocking after the Alex Salmond thing. I think she just came out looking embarrassing after that um, that committee uh, inquiry came out. Uh, the, you know, the actual call that she actually misled the, the, the inquiry as well. I know that came out by her own committee that she set up, said that she didn't, but... Um, you know, she came out, she was really obscure, no comment, lots of redacted things in, in evidence. And I know the Scottish people in the polls, she's gone down in the polls um, on her approval rating. Um, but also I'm concerned about the Alba party here. I know it's going to be, they're looking for a super majority because SNP can't do it on their own. But will they want Alex Salmond anywhere near any sort of decision-making in for independence and things like that? I mean, considering what's going on, it looks it looks quite dodgy. I mean, yes, it's going to be an SNP, uh, an independent majority in the in Holyrood but it's got a lot of lying, lying on it if if Nicola Sturgeon wants to get into bed with Alex Salmond I mean it'd just be bizarre if she if she thought of it you know if it's coming to a head after everything that's happened over the past uh six months or so uh I am slightly alarmed over that and it just shows that the lack of opposition over in Scotland as well I mean the Scottish Conservatives up there are absolutely useless they've had a change of leader now three times uh Labour I don't think that they're non-existent and they're still polling higher than the Conservatives up there it's 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 shocking. It really is. It's like no opposition at all to to independence. I thought there'd be a union 
you know, a union sort of coalition going on. They, they like Scott coalitions during the 2019 Brexit election, but when it comes to protecting the union, they are nowhere to be seen. Yeah, I just just to go back on the Alex Salmon stuff, I think that, like, in the eyes of the general public, the whole, as as say was saying, really, I don't think it's as important as, like, COVID or any of those other issues. And I think because it's quite like a an abstract scandal, misleading a, a thing or something like that, people just aren't as interested in mm. that kind of thing. Um, so, and, and actually, with the polling, I'm, I'm pretty sure Alex Salmon's doing significantly worse than taken a lot more damage than Sturgeon has. So, yeah, he has, yeah. Like, I, I mean, think he comes out, he comes out look, of that looking a lot I better. mean, he does, he does. And then, and that's the thing, he comes out looking shocking, yet Nicola Sturgeon's going to have to rely on him to some, get some sort of case going for a majority of independence in Scotland, which doesn't look great that they've been at each other's throats for the past six months. Yeah. Um, I mean, and I they come back. Can I, can I ask a potentially very stupid question? Is, uh, Not for the first if time. the SNP, <laughs> yeah, exactly. If the SNP does win, which is looking more than likely. Is it a definite that they're going to push for a second referendum? They'll push for a referendum. They won't get one. I mean, if, if they do get one, I'll be incredibly shocked. It's got to be granted by Parliament. Well, it's, got to get, it's... it's got to get a majority vote in Parliament to be able to pass, and they go to the House you of Lords ratified. Pass. Why would this Conservative and Unionist Party grant an independence referendum to Scotland when they've already had one less than uh, 10 years ago, you know, 2014? It's not going to happen anytime soon. They'll push for it. They'll make a lot of noise. But like I said, as we'll get into in the Welsh elections as well, it's going to be the exact same thing is that there's a lot of noise going around, but we'll see what actually happens with it. it, it I mean, I, I think Keir Starmer probably wouldn't do it either. I don't think, I think Corbyn would have, but I don't think Keir Starmer will. Um, so I think it's, they're going to struggle to get that independence sort of majority in, in London, which is desperately needed to get it through. They gave it to him last time, the government won, and we'll see what happens there. But But yeah, it's an interesting one. Um, and we'll see in Scotland what happens there. I'm, I'm, I'm slightly concerned, Nicholson. I don't like the woman, personally. Uh, I do think she looks a lot like wee Jimmy Cranky, and uh, we'll, we'll see, we'll see what happens there. But like I said, just keep it professional, Abby. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> There's no name got, calling. I know, but we're going to have, um, you know, we're going to have a Scottish independent sort of coalition with wee Jimmy Cranky and a sexual predator. <laughs> Um, I don't think it's going to be the uh, uh, the best thing to do, but uh, anyway, we'll see on there. Moving on to the the my favourite, the one I'm very heavily involved in, the Welsh Senedd elections. Obviously, we've got uh, Mark Drakeford of, of Welsh Labour. Uh, we've got Plaid Cymru making a big percentage, and we've also got the biggest challenge in since devolution in the Scottish in the Welsh Conservatives, uh, looking to try and get some sort of government going or a minority government or something, whatever they can get. Um, Albert, you know that uh, obviously Mark Drakeford. It's been a Labour government in Wales, um, and this is they've. It's been a Labour handled COVID as well. Um, what do you think of the Welsh Labour's chances of, of how well they've done over the past years? And do you think the the electorate will uh, support a Welsh Labour COVID run government? Yeah, I, I don't think that they've been perceived to have done as well as like someone like Nicola Sturgeon. Um, so I'm not a complete expert on it, but like I think that there's still enough appetite for for Labour to have uh, the majority there. I don't think that the Tories are going to take take that, and uh, I've not heard anything from Plaid Cymru or anything like that. So my guess would it would still be a Labour-controlled government, but they've probably got like less of a strong position than the SNP comparatively. Mm. Yeah, I'll assess. Yeah, no. When you said that. Um you know, there may be a Conservative government. I actually just checked the time and turns out the time is a uh, half past not happening. Um, <laughs> <laughs>
you know, I mean, I had a quick look at the polls and basically it just seems exactly the same as the last one, like pretty consistently Labour ahead on about 30s, Tories implied about 20s. So, and, you know, even like I know that obviously Plaid Cymru would never support the Tory government. So there's just there's just no way that, you know, the Tories really get in as far as I understand it. Um, again, I think that even though maybe perhaps you could say that the Welsh are a little bit more like the Tories in England and, you know, Welsh Labour, sorry, a bit like the Tories in England in the sense that maybe don't really deserve the some of the advantages they've had for their handling of the pandemic, but they've got it anyway because that's just how crises work generally. Like it, mm. it does just benefit the ruling party. Um, but yeah, and I, I, I don't, I don't think you know just because we touched on it there, the idea of um, being a stronger sturgeon. I definitely don't think that Welsh independence is on the card by any stretch of the imagination. Thirty-nine percent um, in the polls. It's not going to happen, but it's it's significant. It's quite higher than it usually. It's usually about eight or nine percent, but it's had a thirty percent upsurge in the past six months. Yeah, I think that's interesting. I mean, I think the thing, big thing, blocking it is that like when you see, because obviously. You know, I really don't see Boris Johnson or really many Conservatives um, offering a referendum. I think especially after the 2016 EU referendum, I, I don't think, I don't see a Prime Minister offering a referendum on something they don't want to happen for mm. obvious reasons. And then I think that with Starmer, like, I think you said it correctly, that Corbyn would have allowed something like that. But Starmer's obviously gone so just sort of like, I don't even really know what the word is for like, his attempted rhetoric. Well, we'll get we'll get to, we'll get to Starmer in the Hartlepool by-election. Um, he's basically, you know, he's not going to offer one yeah. either. Well, well, yeah, exactly. Well, we'll get to we'll get to Starmer in the Hartlepool by-election because we're gonna. It's it's all relying. It's his first sort of test, isn't it, of a um, an approval poll of Keir Starmer. Um, but yeah, on the Welsh election, you know, it's it's going to be. A, I mean, the Conservatives won't. I don't think they win. I, I'd hope so, but I don't think they will. Um, Plaid Cymru would get into bed with. Uh, Consistent. That this is the alarming thing. Why would you want an independence party in bed with the unionist party? As you've seen in in uh, Northern Ireland, they'll do a share of the the job. Two years, one, two years, uh, you know, for the next party uh, as first minister, and they would do that because Plaid Cymru are literally hungry for power. They're mercenaries. They're getting to bed with absolutely anyone because they know that independence is never going to happen. So they just want as much power as as possible, um, and and that's what and that's what he wants and and and, and that's it and mark drafer's done a shocking job down here absolutely shocking he's he's basically just been england but 3 weeks later than usual than everyone else uh, in england it's been shocking poor, poorly done uh, you know, the nhs has been run by wells for so long and they still blame the tory government when it's under um labor rule and people are starting to see through it but then again as it goes down to this thing as always when it comes to these heartlands is that you could Labour could commit mass genocide here in Wales and they'd still vote for them every single time because that's just how they've been brought up and that's what they think. You know, they, they could be a perfect alternative with a utopia and they'd still vote for Labour at any time. And that's where that's where it comes down to. But it's an interesting one because if the if the Conservatives and Plaid and, and Lib Dems are pretty much wiped out here, a few notable mentions uh, here is the Propel Party, which is a breakaway from Plaid Cymru run by Neil McAvoy, who is probably the most... I don't know, most flip-flop politician ever. I mean, he supports independence, but supports Brexit and would vote with the UK government. He's, he's all over the shot, is Neil McAvoy, but he looks like the most UKIP uh, politician ever. Neil Hamilton's got to get another vote in there. Obviously, he's standing again. Uh, big up Neil Hamilton uh, for somehow being the only UKIP representative left in the whole country um, <laughs> as well. <laughs> somehow he's still going. 
Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. And also students are voting down here um, as well. And there's a, a large student independence voice. So we'll see what Ply Cymru can do. For me, they're irrelevant. I don't understand how Welsh independence would work. They've got no infrastructure, no, you know, economy relies purely on tourism and it doesn't, you can't do that for, to set an economy up um, and trade with England, which would be incredibly difficult. So yes, we'll see how the Welsh election goes. Ed, what do you, what do you make of, of Labour in, in Wales and their chances of a, an election well, they're going to win, but what do you think of the... I'm bad, uh, I was to add, yeah, and the fact that I don't see any future where Labour doesn't win. No. Not yet. After all. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Not yet. Hopefully, you know, soon, you know, we've seen it. Conservatives are making gains down here. They're making significant gains in Wales. Uh, it's all in 2019 general election, and you're seeing it this time. Like, they're going to take a lot of seats that traditionally would be Labour, but they're just sick of them. But not enough, and that's the thing. It's not enough. And the regional list messes everything up. Everyone loves proportional representation, but it messes the whole thing up. You can't have half first past the post and half um, half proportional representation. It just doesn't work. It just it skews the results, and it sets up one government to win every single time. Um, and it's just, yeah, it's ridiculous. Poor voting system in the in the devolution elections, but nothing we can do about that anyway. Um, moving on to the one that, the, I say the main event in this, the Hartlepool by-election, a House of Parliament elect by-election in Hartlepool. Albert, I'll start with you first. Now, there's a lot to dissect with this one, but uh, I'll let you uh, take the lead and, and what are you going to say? Yeah, well, it's quite, it's interesting from both, for, for both Labour and the Conservatives, because it's the first actual, like, Parliament election that we've had since... Um, 2019. Yeah, yeah. So, it, so it's a test of both Boris and how the public perceives his handling of COVID as to whether they focus on all the horrendous stuff he did actually dealing with COVID or the positive vaccine rollout. Uh, and it's also a test of Keir Starmer. It's the first election of he had when he's, lead, when he's been Labour leader. Uh, and it's also, as well as that, it's a, a seat that was very close in 2019 with the, the Tories making big gains mm. and Labour losing a lot of votes. So it's the kind of seat that could go either way, you know, and it's a test of whether Labour's able to win back seats like Hartlepool, people like that who feel a lot left behind. Mm. Pretty sure Hartlepool will have voted very strongly for Brexit. So. They did, they did. They, they, they yeah, were the, yes. I think they were. The, I think they were. They voted for it more than uh, more Leave voters exactly. so, than anything else. So it is. It is interesting, uh, and I think from the following data that Labour are just about still ahead, but uh, sort of thing. That Conservatives are ahead at the moment. Uh, uh, in the, in the polls, yeah. um, just though it's 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 in the margin of error thing, so it's it's really not. It, it, for me, Albert, it depends on who where the Brexit Party votes from last time go. Yeah, that's yeah. where they go. Where do they come from? Those votes were the UKIP before who came third in 2017 and 2015 or did they come from Labour and voted Brexit party because if they went Labour vote Brexit they're going to go back to Labour because that's how Labour voters go in these traditional seats you know they, yeah. they vote Labour they well, won't vote I, Tory. I we can't underestimate the impact of Covid on this as well in that response I think that that'll be a big factor because you know 2019 feels like so long ago now for all of us like it was a completely different world like they still know. bring up Brexit though and that's the but, thing yeah, and, no, I know, yeah Brexit I'll still, still be important yeah. for that, but like as to whether like people think the economic impact of COVID is worse is, and they blame the Tories for that or whether they just accept the Tories for their brilliant vaccine. But the th that's the thing, and that's the thing, isn't it? The vaccine rollout, Rishi Sunak's economic recovery, which a lot of people would have benefited from in, in Hartlepool, um, his economic plan last year and into this year. And I just, th I just think that that's going to be a, a thing. They're going to think that the Conservatives have done a great job at with this COVID thing because of the vaccination and because of the ETA, um, the furlough scheme and all this stuff. And, and they'll think, and they still have Brexit in their minds. They'll still think that the Hartley, the Labour Party betrayed them uh, and don't represent democracy. And this guy who's standing at the moment uh, in, for the Labour Party, um, 
voted to wanted to remain, uh, stood on the Remain platform uh, all the time that he was in Parliament before 2017, um, although 20 yeah 2019, and then yeah it's it's just going to be a difficult one. And, and it is a big test for Keir Starmer because if he loses this one, if he loses a North East seat with no Brexit on the cards, after what the Conservative government have done in COVID and all the downfalls that they've had, if he can't win this seat, which on paper should be an absolute doddle for the Labour Party to win, for me, he's got to recon- he's got to consider his position personally because it's it'll be an absolute embarrassment if he loses a North East seat to a COVID- Conservative government that have got 140 you know, deaths on their on their hands, uh, 140,000. I mean, 140. That'd be quite good. <laughs> 140,000 deaths on their hands. Uh, Otto says, "What do you what do you think of this? Is it, is it a test for Keir Starmer?" I mean, yes and no. More, but more no, because I think that you know, like, for, I think that you know, the main thing I'd say, I'd say there's two things. Okay, so firstly, people generally don't change their minds overnight. So I think this idea that people who went for the for the Brexit party went for UKIP that they're suddenly going to change to, even though we know that there is that demographic between Labour and the Brexit party, like they are still fundamentally very different policy platforms. So the idea that they'd all just come back overnight is like pretty unrealistic. And then also, and I think the far bigger thing for me is just the fact that, you know, like we mentioned, we are in a completely different um, world to where we've been previously we're still in, and we're, not only that, but more importantly, we're in a very different world to where we'll be at the actual next general election. Um, like, I don't see Boris calling it any early because of how big his majority is. Um, and so I think that when we're in a position whereby we're still in a sort of a national crisis, but really the mood is probably very good across the country as things are reopening and the UK is probably going to be a month or two ahead of um, the EU in terms of like vaccination and reopening. So I, I, I don't really see this as that big an opportunity for Starmer I mean you never know he may he may win it but like I, I don't I definitely wouldn't place too much analysis or importance on this by-election I don't think it's that important but, but on paper obviously because we don't know the the demographics and things of like this you know I have done research on the whole um you know where these voters are going to go after in future elections on on the Brexit voters or where they're going to go do you think, where do you think they're going to go? Because you said there, they, they, they can't really say they're going to go to Labour. Where do you think they're going to go? Because they did, they, most of them did, they did complain. They, they, weren't, they weren't Conservative voters who went Brexit party, you know, because they would have voted Conservative because they stood on this extreme, the same platform. But where do you think they're going to go? Because would they go back to Labour? Are they going to go Conservative because it's not Labour after what happened last time? What do you think? Uh, I think it's, it's very difficult to me. I mean, I think that probably in the, like in the long term, You'd imagine they go back to Labour, um, but in the sort of the short and medium term, I think they're probably. I mean, still, I think you will see like a fair amount going back to Labour. But I think that there'll be a split. I think that you know we have seen. You know, if you look, for example, in Scotland, you have, uh, you know, the gains that Ruth Davidson had over there a while ago. You know, you you have seen that people who previously wouldn't ever vote Tory have indeed like gone and voted Tory. You mentioned Wales as well. Um, so I wouldn't, so I still think it's possible that some will go Tory, some, I think a, sm- a very small amount will go to the offshoots of the Brexit party, I think it's called Reform now, mm. um, whatever that thing is, yeah. so I think that, yeah, that it will be slightly dispersed, but overall probably Labour in the long term. Mm. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, Ed, what do you think? Uh, 
I am going to actually agree with you, Harvey. I think it's just step back a second. Wow. I think hold, on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. It is Ed agreeing with me. For the fir- I think for the I first know. time on this podcast, Ed has agreed with me. We've had all the agreement week albert has never agreed with me at all but now we've got i'm gonna it's gonna be a big conservative podcast soon at this rate <laughs> well i just think that this whole thing points out uh how how much of a failing Keir Starmer is like like you said this country has been through the ringer so hard and if he can't secure if he's losing a majority in this previously like safe seat i mean to me, that just points to it's, it's, how it shows in composition he is. Incompetency, incompetency, yeah. isn't it? I mean, he, the fact that on paper, when when I mean, we, we, on this podcast, we've got to record. If you go back to the one that Keir Starmer got chosen as leader, um, you would you would know that uh, it, he was he was a threat. I said in this podcast, he's a massive threat to Conservative government and a majority in the next election. He, you know, he is a, a strong character. He's centre centre left. It's where you want to be. And he's just a normal person with not much baggage on him. But he's just shown incompetency at being in opposition. It's like yeah. PMQs. He was on about the Tory sleaze. And, we'll, you know, we can talk about that briefly if you want. But, you know, the Tory sleaze and the thing. But why is he not talking about that we've got one in 40,000 COVID rates and yet we're still in some sort of lockdown? Why is he not questioning the government's decisions on opening up extremely slow when he's talking about Tory sleaze week after week? It, and with the people mm. don't care about that. And that's the thing in this Hartlepool election. They're running a campaign on Tory sleaze, on Tory, you can't trust the Tories, but no one cares about that. They care about the COVID recovery and he's just not yeah. doing enough to be able to get that message across and what Labour would do differently in a COVID recovery, what the pressure needs to be from a strong opposition, because this is a, a huge seat to win. It is. It, it's another seat that the Conservatives will use. There will be a rebellion later down. There always is a, in a government. There'll be a rebellion later down the line and the Conservative government could get into like 70, 60, some of that when the, uh, when people start rebelling um but he needs every seat he can get and i just think that keir starmer is just a weak person hartley paul don't give a don't care about him. don't give a damn you know where was he in bath the other week when he got kicked out of that pub I mean, yes you know that guy was an absolute nutcase who kicked him out but it's still the same message which is <laughs> which is going down there and um oh, can i just say actually i got so baited by that video because like basically when the guy was fighting with the, the crazy man who was attacking you starmer, think keir starmer was the bodyguard Yes, yes, yeah, I, everyone did. I, so I thought it was him. Um, but I, I was just gonna say, I think that okay, so I can't like I sort of agree with what you're saying about the code reopening. Like, I, I think there's definitely valid arguments that there should be a reopening faster, and there's quite a lot of voices behind that. But the fact is that Sarmer and like the Labour Party more generally, like, I think that their attitude is that Boris does you know all the reopening too quickly and all of the lockdowns too slowly, like whether you agree with that or not. I mean, there is so, like the yeah. pre-vaccine, there's probably a good case for that. Uh, less so now in my Absolutely, opinion. Absolutely, yeah. Um, but basically that that is their viewpoint. And so I think their attitude is anything Boris does, we're not going to do faster than that because we think he is too fast but- and too slow with lockdowns generally. Um, and I, I, I think that in terms of talking about his leadering of the opposition, the fact is like COVID has still largely kept the country as like basically a one issue state as most of the world. So I, I, I still just think that it's not really that comparable. And I don't think he's had that good a chance to really put forward an agenda and mm. challenge that much because, you know, it, it is a national crisis. Um, but the, you know, it's not, it's not about challenging the agenda. It's about challenging the decisions of the government, whatever that is. 
COVID response policies, whatever comes forward. Yeah. They just, he just hasn't done that. And it's showing mm. in the electorate. They don't, you just, you don't know. Most people don't even know who Keir Starmer is. He's just never there. And he's asking the wrong questions in PMQs every week. That's not his fault. That's his team's fault. And, and the it's, party's it's fault. not like it's fucking Boris Johnson isn't giving him enough like material. Literally, to exactly. Work with. Exactly. He's literally, <laughs> this whole, you know, the, the Tories, he's saying, I know it's a big thing. It's, it's going to come out, but there's much more pressing issues to the public. They don't care about how much his wallpaper costs. They didn't care about that. They didn't care about, you know, Keir Starmer going to this, that wallpaper factory or the wallpaper shop the other day and, and trying to take the, you know, the mick out of Boris Johnson. They don't want that. They want him to ask the questions of when can we get our lives back again? When can we get back to normal? When we've all, they've said that we're in the, we're an endemic now. And he's not- I would even, actually disagree with that slightly. I think he could have gone further. I think they, this is like- don't care. Signs they don't of care. Real no, they do. I think they do care. I think you're misinterpreting. People do not care who paid for Boris Johnson's flat. They care about why why was Boris why was why was Boris Johnson so slow in locking down thing why is when there's one well, in forty thousand COVID cases why isn't there in one in forty thousand COVID cases that we still can't meet inside in a group of six you know not not going well, to the pub I'm not about why is hospitality still shut when they already showed that hospitality wasn't even in remotely in the same level as schools for example in um, in uh, COVID cases rising in October and November, yet they're still shut now. Why are venues uh-huh. shown across the world in Australia and places like that, that they can still open up in, in a safe environment way outdoors? Why is this not happening? Why are we still in this situation? You know, it's, it's bizarre. It really is. Um, and it's just a significant lack of opposition. It is showing, Hartlepool is showing it with the polls being so tight that they don't care about this stuff. Otherwise, the Conservatives would have gone straight down over the past week. Um, and they don't and they don't care. And, and they just think that he's just not got his priorities straight. And effective opposition he needs to do more he needs to get himself out there in a way that holds the government to account and also he needs to stop going back because honestly i know you mentioned there about keir starmer you know is what you said about him you know saying that boris johnson locks down too slow opens up too fast i 100 agree with you on that but what keir starmer will do in six months time will say he didn't open up fast enough because this is what he does when when he goes with the mood of stuff and he says stuff which the public want to hear but he never agreed with it when it actually happened he just brings it up but to for political point scoring and he's absolutely incompetent yeah. i'll actually say this now and i don't know if on this podcast and you can hold me to account put it on the record i miss him i miss jeremy corbyn I miss <laughs> oh my god i miss the man you know at least he offered some sort of opposition to the things and an, an alternative agenda that wasn't just political point scoring which is what keir starmer does it's it's bizarre you know i keith keith needs to go to be honest i call him keith because i didn't deserve to be called keir so keith <laughs> needs to go um and i wish no I, would- I just say that's one thing i'm i'm not happy about this meme of him being called Keith. <laughs> no, for no other for no other reason than the fact that Keith is in like it's a great name. Like, why why would you make a mi- like yeah, it's just wrong. Like leave 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 Keith, leave, leave Keith out of it. It's because it's because Otter says Keith, the name Keith is going extinct. And Keir isn't Keir is rightfully so. In in Hartlepool, the name no, Keir isn't not, not rightfully so. <laughs> yeah, there's nothing. Yeah, like, I don't in, know. in in Hartlepool, in Hartlepool, I, I guarantee that no one in Hartlepool is called Keir. But I bet there's about ninety yeah. percent of the population Hartlepool is called Keith, and uh, and that's where you better go. You know, he needs to get. He needs to call himself. He needs to drop the knighthood as well because Sir, Sir Keir does not run well in places like Hartlepool. Keith, on the other hand. He's winning votes hands down. I think he, I think that's what he does. If rather than holding the government to account, if he changes his name to Keith, Keith Starmer, um, 
then Keith, I was going to say Keith Stormer then, but that sounds like some sort of porn star name. Um, so we'll, we'll leave that. But um, yeah, Keith, Keith Starmer needs to, needs to pull his finger out a little bit because this could be an embarrassing on May the 6th. And that's what I'm just leading into now. Um, quickly, before we go to the local elections, because that's sort of the same the same thing. Uh, talk about the London mayor, I forgot about the London mayor elections. I mean, because none of us live in London, so we don't really pay attention to it. But there's just one notable thing. Of course, Sadiq Khan's going to win. That's not really up for discussion. Uh, Sean Bailey's the most incompetent uh, candidate they could have picked. But I want to talk about Lawrence Fox uh, for a second. A big fan of the podcast is Lawrence Fox. Um, loves the show. Um, hi, Lawrence, if you're listening. Um, I want to say that he, this man, a failed actor, a failed singer. Um, why, why is this man getting so much media attention that he is? Because he drives around in a big bus saying we shouldn't wear masks. I don't get it. I mean, also, I'm sure you've got opinions on Lawrence Fox. I mean, I thought we would agree surely on this. Wait, sorry, who did you ask then? You, I'd say it's about Lawrence Fox. Oh, okay. About Lawrence Fox. Yeah, I think that, um, I don't know why he got so much attention in the first place. Like, he basically shot to fame. I can't even remember what he said, but it was like something at least dodgy racially, if not completely racist. <laughs> mm. um, and like, you basically had people like Pierce Morgan, who were like transparent knobheads anyway, just completely like saying, oh yeah, I thought you had a point until this or this. And like, Obviously, unsurprisingly, Piers Morgan's also pretty much been given the boot at this point because he just can't stop crying about the fact that my, Meghan Markle binned him off. Um, <laughs> like, basically, yeah, basically, Lawrence Fox is just, yeah, I mean, he's just like nobody really. He's, he's going to get outdone by a man whose main policy is getting Boris Johnson to shush. Who's that? Um, Who's that? Nicole Milano. Oh, well, he's Fredo policy, isn't he? Fredo's back to five oh. pence. He's, he, his main policy is putting Fredo's back to the price of 5p, yeah. um, which I thought was a fantastic I, policy. That's a great policy. I, I, like, it's just, like, I actually watched a couple of his videos. And I find him really annoying. To be, he is a really annoying YouTuber, in my view. He does. He has some good ideas, but like as a presenter, he just, I don't know, I find his bit irritating. And, and you know it costs £10,000 to run. Really? 10 you, grand? You have to, put, you have to put a 10 pause on. You have to get 5%. Um, yeah, because I think Count off the vote to get your deposit back because yeah. Count, Count Binface won't get his money back basically. Yeah, well, he he got his crowdfunded, I think, by yeah. like like you know. Well, why wouldn't you? I mean, uh, Count yeah. Face, big fan of uh, Vermin Supreme. Uh, yeah, yeah, supporter podcast. Mate. They're good yeah, mates. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it's ten thousand pounds to him. So Lawrence Fox has put ten thousand pounds of his own, well, of his party, but he made the party. Well, more than that, he spent um, like millions on his. Well, he has, though. and he's he's yeah, doing yeah. all in YouTube ads. I mean, who to be honest, who watches YouTube? Yeah, I got a Facebook ad from him the other day actually when I was just on Facebook. It's like, why is he targeting you in Yorkshire, Albert? I don't understand why. What's he doing? Yeah, and, <laughs> and you know, oh. and, the, and being endorsed by the Brexit Party as well. I mean, that's great in London. Being having buddy Nigel Farage in your um, yeah, yeah, you know, endorsing you, and Richard really Tyson, all that lot, and the, the gammons over there. But you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Can oh, I just say that him. one of his um, political ambitions is to end the Met's obsession with diversity and inclusivity. It's, you what, know, I think wants, it's just something we can all get behind. So he wants an all-white police force, basically. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, surely. Oh dear. The early comment that Lawrence Fox made was about uh, in the uh, World War One film, nineteen seventeen. He was yeah. There was he was complaining that there was a Sikh guy there, and that it was like oh, oh no, oh, even no. though there were even lots there of were Sikhs people there. in the army, like the Sikhs made up pretty much quite a, a significant <laughs> portion of the British yeah, army. Like, well, how is it forced diversity? If it was about to actually happen. You see, this is what this is what I'm on about. I mean, I love I love the London election, I, the, the mayor ones, because you, I mean, I'm just going to get the the list up of. Um, 
there's so many candidates uh, of candidates in and we're going to read out some names the one that streaks out for me that we need to mention is peter gammon the ukip one i mean you, they couldn't have picked someone with a better name could they <laughs> he is definitely um, is he a gammon or patriot well, that's the thing, though. I think he's a gammon because, I mean, to be honest with you, not, not many people in UKIP are actually true patriots. Um, Apart from Mike Hookham. Yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. Um, and Stephen Mike, Wolf. Mike, I mean, Mike Hookham is the best one. I mean, what a fantastic uh, right hook he's got on him. Uh, just a few names that we want to bring up. Piers Corbyn's running again for Let London Live. Um, most notably, <laughs> stuck a piece of paper, salitate to his car um, this week for advertising. Not good for the environment mm-hmm. there. Um, there was one of them that caught my eye. Oh, Max Fosch, the YouTuber, whose main, only policy is to win more votes than Lawrence Fox, uh, which I think is mm-hmm. quite quite good. Count Binface is running. Um, there's one guy who drank his own piss um, this week. <laughs> oh, Brian Rose. Brian Rose. Um, yeah, that's he's selling his independent. Um, he's a podcaster, and he got a video came out from like 2016 where he drinks his own piss. Um, <laughs> and he's actually he's actually favourite to come fourth in the whole thing, which is bizarre. Um, so, you know, I mean, literally, the and the fact that all these people have forked out ten thousand pounds. A lot of them are independents, which won't have the money to to do it. Uh, it's yeah, it's it's a lot of a lot of money just to just to. Get a bit of publicity. Good to know that podcasters could have political careers, though, in future. It's a, well, that's the thing. That's the thing. As long as you have an hour. <laughs> did you ever drink your own piss? <laughs> <laughs> no, I haven't. No, well, if you did, it's going to come out. Um, <laughs> but yeah, but the London elections, I mean, yeah, Sadiq Khan's going to win. Sadly, don't know how he's going to win after the shower of shit he's done over the past four years, whatever it is. Um, but yeah, but we'll see there and we'll see who comes, who beats Lawrence Fox. I think we should put a sweepstake on. How, how many people do you think, obviously, aside from Labour, Conservative, Green and Lib Dems. So obviously, they're going to come the top four. How many people do you think are going to come above Lawrence Fox? Oh, hopefully lots. Hopefully all of them. <laughs> I, I think I think he could come to the bottom. I think he'd come in the relegation zone here. Yeah, I think uh, so. I think Count Binface will get more than him. It's, it's a possibility. Yeah, yeah. I, I honestly think Count Binface will win the joke vote. Yeah, Count Binface was, like, ahead. Like, he was on 2%. I think <laughs> Fox was on 1%. I know that Omilana's comfortably ahead of uh, Lawrence Fox. I don't know about the rest of the. I mean, he's pretty low down, relegation zone. But I, I don't know how many candidates there are, so I can't give you a guess of how many will top him. Yeah, exactly. Um, I'm moving on. So we're just going to briefly talk about the London, the English local elections um, and what they mean, because it is, it's still a big thing. I mean, this is the one which we're all going to get to vote in. Obviously, not me, but. Um, because I'm in the Senate elections, but you're voting in local elections. It does mean a lot for local areas. We had Jackie Weaver on a couple of weeks ago, or two months ago, and she was saying how important it is to vote in local elections because it does matter more because this is what people do around you. And this is the stuff that affects you that you don't even know about. You know, not policy, but roads, you know, traffic, things like that, you know, the small things, the little men. Um, so Ed, I'll start with you, you know, obviously who, who in, in just general, who do you think, you know, would be the, would be, get your vote for the, uh, the local elections? Because it's not really policy. Vote. It's not, you know, it's not central party. It's not Boris Keir Starmer. You know, it's not even the candidate standing. But who would you want to run your um, your council? No, it's not. You, you, you're right. It's not policy. Um, I've made it. I've made it sort of a new thing to vote for Green Party because I think that's mm. increasingly like what where my priorities are. Um, however, I don't think that's really going to win, especially not in Harrogate where I live. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh but yeah i think that's that's the most important thing because that's another thing that's it is policy but also locally i think you can make a big difference by like you know starting to plan for making wind farms and stuff like that 
there is stuff you can do on a local level. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think there's, there's one we've got to uh, to look at, which is the um, Eversham and Worcester County election. Um, there is 13 Monster Raven Looney Party candidates standing for one seat in the council, um, and they're vote and they're they, they're all saying that they want to get zero votes. So whoever comes, whoever gets zero votes wins. <laughs> Um, who has the least votes wins? So I think that's that's the one to look out for. I mean, that's one we're looking for on polling day is who wins the Eversham Worcester County Council uh, well, election. They also only one seat in one ward, which has like about six hundred people. Zero, you have to not even vote for yourself. So like, literally, <laughs> literally the, the the ward has about a, a population of, of four hundred people, and there's thirteen of the same party standing. It's free. To, <laughs> it's free to stand in council elections. So they just yeah. put in thirteen and just hope for the best. Yeah. Um, which is fantastic to be honest. I mean, I'm looking forward to seeing who um, <laughs> who wins. You've got um, Nick the Incredible Flying Brick, uh, Howling Lord Hope, obviously the leader, uh, Barmy Lord Brockman. Uh, there's another mm-hmm. person sending called Barmy Lord Brockman as well. So there's two of them. Um, Wacky White Witch, Sir Offer One's Rocker, uh, Trevor Ullman, um, just a normal name there for Trevor, um, <laughs> Miss Young Powerhouse, Baron Von Thunderclap, Merv the Karaoke Kid. Mr. Badax, Lord Cameron, Tony Shannock's poet Bolster, and Sir Giles Greenwood. <laughs> Go in there. Um, so yeah, so there you go. That's the um, uh, that's it. And also they're putting up more in the Kingston upon Thames, Chessington South Ward, Landlady Lucky, Landlord Rover, Casual Count Corinthian, Duke Diddy Dodd, Agent Chinners, Kingstonian Newt, Baron von Ackenberg, Lady Dave. Lady Dave, uh, Captain Coyley, Colonel Cramps, Undertaking Director Brunskill, Sam Squatch, Reverend Robbie, the Radical Recyclist. I mean, there's so many candidates running in these two seats. It's incredible. Um, and the fact is, is that there's actually this many people who want to stand for the Monster Union Party. It just really just put our country to shame a little bit. But that's democracy. Um, um, so, yeah, so there we go. Um, that is the our summary of the Scottish elections. Just to go around, so we're going to make some bit, few predictions briefly. So, are we all going for the SNP uh, for the Scottish elections? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Labour for the Welsh. I'm going. I'm going to go for a Conservative minority government on the Welsh elections. Um, Hartley Paul. Who are we going for? I'm going Conservative. I'm going Labour. Mm. I think it'll be the uh, Conservatives. Not the Northern Independence Party, I says. No, they're too. They're well. They're too busy rejecting us because you know they'd rather like go on Sky News people that literally don't even know what their names are. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they are disgrace. Uh, so do you don't think there's any chance of a Labour then in Wales? Not Wales, sorry, um, Hartlepool. There's a chance. There's a massive chance, but I'm going to go Conservative. Well, I guess I'll go with the I'll go with the crowd then. Who's the crowd? I mean, we split. <laughs> are you? I thought Albert said Conservative as well. No, I, I said Labour. Oh, sorry, okay. Oh, well, I'll go right. Labour then. I'll stick with Albert. You go Labour. Okay, and then um, for the London Mayor elections, I'm going to go for Lawrence Fox. <laughs> <laughs> Albert, are you going for Lawrence Fox? Well, you yeah, know, much as Lawrence Fox, we love him, but I think I have to go with Sadiq. <laughs> Sadiq Khan. Odyssey, are you going for Lawrence Fox? Or are you going for Brian Rose, the piss drinker? <laughs> <Brian> <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm going for the man, the myth, the bin face. I'm bin face. That's always an outsider. Outsider Ed. I'm going uh, uh, Peter Gammons, who's one Peter of his Gammons things is, is saying he wants to convert some of the underground, unused um, tunnel systems into making a pod transport system. What, a tube. what that is, or so means. He wants, so he wants to make a tube into. A, he wants to make a tube into the tube. 
No, it's not a tube, it's a pod, bro. Keep up. It's exactly the same thing. It's just <laughs> honestly. The technology doesn't exist yet, but you know. <laughs> well, there we go. There are our predictions. Uh, the elections on May 6th. We urge anyone listening to go and vote in these elections. Every vote matters. Get out and vote. It's a fun day out at the polls, about two minutes, mm. but it's a fun day out. It's very exciting. You're doing a bit for democracy. Get out and vote. No matter what, we're not going to tell you which party to vote for, but get out there. Vote for whichever party you, st- you think so. Vote for the funny name. Just make sure you vote. Ruin, spoil your ballot if you have to. It all gets count, yeah. counted. Are you um, saying, saying having a Pokemon go to the polls? Pokemon <laughs> go to the Albert, you are now banned from the podcast. That's a disgusting <laughs> comment. Um, but yeah, go vote. Draw massive cock and balls on your ballot paper if you want to, if you don't agree with any of the parties. Just make sure that they, when they read out how many spoiled ballots you were, you know that yours was counted in that yeah. because that is democracy. Just make sure you turn up. Uh, and on that bombshell, that's it for our for episode today. Thank you for listening. We'll be back next week with a rundown of the election results and see if Keir Starmer has got a backbone. Uh, We'll see you all next week.